0: Damn, I told you Don't
1: you dare make this motherfucker more messy than it already is I'm sick of that shit You make it complicated If you gon' keep me waiting You know the time of mine, just a little piece of that I know for what's debating But don't you confiscate it Search between the lines, read the goddamn pages. I know you love it when you treat me like that. I know you love it when I call your names. I know you love it when I hit you up and you don't reply. Then say I want it bad. I guess it's time for you to make up your mind. I guess it's time for you to open your eyes. It's almost time for us to call it a day, but if we call it a day, we better call it. She just wanna, run. she just wants some fun. That's exactly what it is. Coming through your ears is Soul Boy. That is S O U L B O I. He is a friend of the podcast, a person tremendous, and this is his debut song on Spotify. You can find him. It's Complication. Check him out, Soul Boy. But that doesn't matter. None of that matters. Uh, what matters <laughs> is that you are in the presence of Mr. Tom Whitcomb and Mr. Elliot Rovetti on the comfy couches in front of the fire that is the Tremendous Podcast.
0: Lucky all of you. You've you've been very fond of saying that nothing matters recently. You really throw all your, you take your friend's hard work and then throw it under the bus immediately.
1: (laughs) I like it because I I know they're listening and uh, I give them all this love and then all of a sudden a slap in the face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How often do you feel like the least talented of your friends?
1: All the time. Every <laughs> time I'm cleaning a house and I'm playing their music while I'm cleaning the house, I'm like, oh, man, they're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like, you
0: and Otis are cleaning a house listening to his music. Like, hey, man, do you mind if I put on one of my sets after this? Do you mind if I just, I'll just crank <laughs> yeah, my type <that's> <laughs> five I did at Magic Mike last night?
1: <laughs> Otis, that, uh, that new album that you dropped is great, but I, I did a sweet five at Sweeney's uh, last week. <laughs> and it's, it's it's lockdown, so it'd be it'd be a it'd be a five, it'd be a type five from about a year ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I know that your <laughs> whole album is forty five minutes, but this joke took me about forty five <laughs> minutes to write. So that's.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I often, we've talked about this oh before, but it's like musicians put so much work, more work into their craft than we do. Like we're we're so lucky mm-hmm. that I think. So many people are afraid of being comedians that they just don't do it. So the 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 like the bar is so low of the amount of work you have to do to be half decent at it. Musicians play their instrument yeah. like twelve hours a day every day. We like write fifteen minutes of jokes twice a week and we're uh, killing it, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "How did you get? How did you? Uh, how did you find somebody that would actually clap for this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've been working since I was. Like before I was a teenager, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's why we like to support the music or here on the Tremendous Podcast. That's why we like to look out for our brothers and sisters Tremendous because um, when they kill it, so do we on the Tremendous Podcast.
0: Yeah, if you've got friends or if you are a, uh, an aspiring musician or a successful one, let us know. We'll play your music on the podcast. We always like to showcase new Aussie talent here.
1: Yeah, if you're an open micer, send us your hot five, and we'll we'll open the show with that. Oh no, uh, actually,
0: yeah. Musicians, ignore what I said before. Only open micers, send us your tight five, and we will deconstruct another <laughs> podcast. That would be way better. <laughs> We're definitely not going to open if you've with been it. doing. <laughs> that's, that's if you've been idea doing comedy
1: started. for at least a year. I, 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 I like uh, I don't know, like uh, as long as we have, then uh, you can preferably send us your tight five, preferably much we'll less. Preferably like maybe a year and so maybe six months to a year.
0: I love if we <laughs> open up the podcast with someone's like iPhone recorded type five from an open mic and they're like, so dating is weird. Woo! <laughs> you know what time it is. I was on Tinder recently. You know what
1: time it is. <laughs> yeah, no, we should get a bunch of comedians our first sets and we'll open up the show with that and showcase them with their Do you first have your first anymore? set still? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You, do. We, on, uh, could, on a on a U on a USB.
0: We could start it. We could be the first. I think I have my first set lying around somewhere. We could do that. I don't love the Holy idea molly. of it, but we could. It'd be pretty fun. Another for us segment to play back.
1: where, I, oh, dude, it'd be so much fun. I think it would be hilarious for the audience to listen to that as well. And then they come and see us, and they're like, they didn't get that much better. Oh, that could be.
0: <laughs> I love this. We could because we could have guests on, and it, it doesn't have to be f- your first set, but the earliest set you can find. Let's play it on the pod and deconstruct yes. it.
1: Yeah, or well, the earliest set that you have the balls to say that you could find. <laughs> <laughs> I can only find one in like uh, three months ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, all right, let me set the scene. It's 2018. Bill Cosby is still big news. Okay. it's It might seem like a dated <laughs> reference now, but it was very relevant at the time.
1: Oh my god, I, I'm actually uh, terrified to do this, bro. This is gonna be horrendous. What would it's What gonna was your so first sad. set
0: like? What, you know, what was kind of the the vibe of it early on? It went
1: It went good enough for me to throw the rest of my life at. <laughs> <laughs> no, it went. Yeah, uh, but, but it given went, the state it was, of the um, rest
0: of your life, that's not that impressive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. The, it was just a couple of pennies that I threw at it. Uh, okay, like, so Man, I'm. Um, a, I'm I'm
0: prepared (laughs) to not drive for Uber anymore for this. That's how much this means to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw that all away. The glitz, the glamour, the ladies.
1: I'll throw throw away every last bit of retail experience I ever had. (laughs) Just for a glimpse and opening for... I don't need uh, it
0: anymore, all right?
1: (laughs) <laughs> my first set was at Two to Comedy in Redfern, which is a, a, probably a venue I miss one of the most. Um, and uh, I was there, and there was like almost no, or there was no audience there. And so Brie Ellen, who was running the room, bought all the comedians like jugs of beer and said, "Let's just do our jokes, kind of thing." Was this and Thursday for me, it was my first Sunday? time. So Sunday night, because I remember it was after UFC, because I was watching UFC with my dad, and I looked on the Facebook page. And I got a uh, approval, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the show. And I went, I looked at my dad, I was like, holy shit, I'm doing a comedy set tonight. And uh, we. I remember, that, I remember that specifically. And then I went home prepared, went there and um, fucking, I did my jokes and everyone's kind of like watching me because it's the first time and it's only comedian. So it's like the most skeptical and uh, like it's closest analytical sort of look, cynical sort of look at, the, at, at your material. And I did uh, a job that, like, showed that I had prepared. You know what I mean? (laughs) Really prepared. And so I think that they appreciated that. And Freddie McManus, love Freddie McManus. Shout out to Freddie McManus. Uh, He was emceeing the show and he was just fucking laughing. He was literally listening to the bits, getting to the end and kind of being like, there was a pause and being, and like listening and being like, that was funny. All right. And like, he would like (laughs) laugh kind of thing. And it was good enough for me to be like, I'm definitely signing up again. And then, uh, yeah, here we are. The tremendous worst thing, tremendous thing years I, later.
0: The worst thing I found in those uh, instances of like performing to just comics is you could never really tell if they were laughing with you or laughing at you. It was always such a fine line.
1: Hey, uh, my memory tells me he was laughing with me, and that's how <laughs> it's gonna stay. <laughs> 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 Freddie's telling me he's like, I was laughing at you, and I was like, that's how it's gonna stay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you remember what your first joke was? <laughs>
1: um, fuck, I think it was. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but I got chlamydia once, or something like that. <laughs> something like that.
0: Is that the? that was the joke.
1: I think I had some other pun- some other tags, but uh, yeah, that was pretty much all I had. Was <laughs> <the premise? laughs> it was pretty much like setups to like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was just a whole bunch of like little fucking footnotes, and they were bullshit. Um, do you remember your first set?
0: Yeah, my first set was Magic Mike, old Magic Mike. Open mic at uh, Monkey Magic in Darlinghurst. Um, oh really? I r- kind of like similar to to you. Like only found out. Oh, no, that's right. I signed up for it and I didn't get on the lineup. And I messaged Skinner, not knowing Skinner at the time, but being like, "Hey, I signed up. I uh, haven't had line I did. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, did I not fill in the right form? Is it for next week?" Right, and he's that's like,
1: right. "I do remember this."
0: And he's like, "Oh no, nah, dude! I had sixty people sign up for it. And I only had eighteen spots." uh and I, that blew my mind and he was like you know what just rock up and if there's if usually someone doesn't show up and, and i'll throw you up so i went with my mate uh who said he would come along for my first gig and uh yeah he, he threw me up lauren bonner was MCing. i remember and um i uh yeah I, and it's i don't know i don't know you it sounds like you might have felt similar. like uh, the first one to me at the time felt like it went amazingly like i thought i just i'm like oh the prodigal son has returned <laughs> he's he's <come laughs> changed the game uh and then i think i listened back to it maybe like 6 8 12 months later and i was like oh okay it went fine it all went fine i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited yeah, to listen back to uh to both of us i think this is a great idea
1: it's hor- it's it's hor- it's horrendous i i sound so serious it sounds like i'm doing a eulogy <laughs> <laughs> like there's no there's no jest in anything that i'm saying <laughs> other than the Fantastic jokes. Um, so last week I was like feeling pretty shitty. Uh, after I did the Johnny Gosh thing, I, I actually I could, felt I really like tell. I bombed. You, you, you were yeah. You were I really, felt like really I bombed down. a set. Oh, dude, I felt so fucking. I felt awful because I like I put so much into it, and that's even funnier. That's like waiting. That's like trying to do a prank like where you wait in a bin to scare somebody, and then you end up waiting five hours. Like the jokes on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I, I did fifteen I did fifteen pages of the jokes on me. And so I was just like, how am I gonna salvage it? So I felt like I got kicked. But then when I woke up in the morning, I actually felt like it was a bomb. And I but it kind of felt nice. Like it was like, oh fuck, that felt like I did a set last night, actually. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It kinda felt like like I fucking I, I, I was, you know, burning I I had a bad set, which means that I'm working towards a good set. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was just like, uh, I was like, you know, whatever kind of thing. But um I did find the silver lining out of it, but it was horrendous in the moment.
0: I've, I felt I felt bad because it was like uh it I thought it was funny how it went down. Especially because so we've we we've discussed already today off mic about how um some of the reviews from the uh, from the last episode uh <laughs> at least thought that the the editing technique was ambiguous. Uh, Some would say incorrect and they would be incorrect in saying that (laughs) because there were no errors in there whatsoever. But uh, the idea was I was trying to make it a montage because you just talked for so long about so many different parts of the story and introduced new characters and new developments and all this shit. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening. I was just trying to get that across. But it was like, it's so funny because when I'm editing it, you see the sound waves on like your microphone and my microphone. And there's just like a 15 minute chunk oh no. when I say nothing. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> you getting through 15 pages, one minute per page. And I'm like, boy, oh my I don't God, know. It went so
1: much longer than I thought.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, I th- so look. Rings. we, we took, we, we covered this on the last one. There's, there's juice. There's, there's gold in them hills, but uh, we, uh, there is gold in them hills. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even though thing. ultimately you um, just
0: think that Johnny Gosh is dead.
1: <laughs> we should still discuss how it happened. Uh, <laughs> just, and it well, I want to be... know how he's <laughs> dead. <laughs> I want to know who did it. Find justice for Johnny. And we will. <laughs> uh, because, we're, uh, look, uh, we'll get to it later. But um, there actually is one thing that I wanted to quickly chat about. Um, I don't know if you have this. And I think that it, it's like a TV. Um, when you buy a TV, it's like a certain specific... Uh, subscription that you get like when you buy a car you get a subscription to like um a radio station or something but we have this sort of it's like a google page of all of these um different channels that you can watch so some of them are like cooking channels some of them are movies from the 80s some of them are from like uh you know like music videos from the 90s and one of them is also like the wu-tang collection which is all the movies that they put um that they took all the uh um, excerpts, all the um, little, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The snippets of movies that they put in their music of like Kung Fu movies where they'd be like, "Ha ah, like, my water technique is better than your fire technique. You know what I mean? Like, and it's all the movies that they chose. But one of the things that they have on there as well is called dry bar comedy. It's called dry bar comedy. Dry and what bar. it is, is uh yes. So it's like, there's no alcohol served. Oh. And the comedy is clean, oh. So, it's just the worst comedy. <laughs> it's, dude, it's horrendous. It's literally like the it, like the audience like the comedian has made a career just poor, performing to the Amish. It's so <laughs> bad, dude. He, it's like it's middle aged men just making like noises, being like, and he was like wah, and I was like wah, and she was like oh don't go there, and like it's this crazy like. <laughs> bullshit and my girlfriend described it she goes i feel like it's like fake like they're all actors you know what i mean it feels mm. so weird when you watch it but i would recommend I, impl- I i implore everybody to check whether or not their uh tvs have this or whether or not you can find it. it's called dry bar comedy and uh i just put it on my like home page f- for my tv so whenever i switch on my tv or switch from you know um you know like another av or something it just Pops pops up right onto dry bar comedy, and my girlfriend hates it. It like torments her, <laughs> but I just go, man, this guy's killing it, huh? <laughs> this, this guy's set is a. Am- <laughs> <Like, laughs> and the thing is, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this quick story. Okay, look, the, my friend uh, Otis James, uh friend of the podcast, person tremendous. He uh, he actually made the EJ Obscure track, the the majority of it. He did everything basically, uh, and I didn't really give him a proper shout out as I. Usually, uh, fuck up, but I didn't give him a proper shout out. But uh, Otis James was responsible for the um, for the EJ Obscure track, so uh, hit up his, uh, his hit up his Spotify if you liked it. Hit up his Spotify if you like anything that he does with the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. But uh, upon thinking that I needed to, uh, you know, thank him for it, I was also reminded of a story that he told me when we were both working for the same uh, cleaning company and uh and it's just a quick sh- it's, a, it's a little short kind of thing but basically otis was working at long bay jail he was cleaning at long bay jail <laughs>
0: what how do you even get that job
1: because he was working for like a cleaning company it's like this it's called iss it's like the biggest they have some of the biggest um cleaning uh we'll have, we are probably actually gonna have to beep out i the, knew the, the when name you, of the company, i've had to bleep actually.
0: out iss before when you had him on the podcast uh, during Tommy Hyatt's <laughs> edition. Uh, yeah, okay. As if you guys think right. any of our 37 listeners are going to have connections to Australia's second leading waste management company.
1: Hey, man. Look, the reason I haven't been caught is because I am uh, careful with my tracks. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Otis was working for a company. It's a big company, but he was wo- he was working at Long Bay Jail. And if anyone... W- um, if they really wanted to do some investigation work, they can figure out... Which company, uh which cleaning company provides the cleaning for Long is, Bay Jail.
0: Is Long Bay where um <coughs> Chopper Reed is? Uh
1: I don't know actually. I don't know where they keep uh Mr. Mark Brennan Reed. Um so but, do you know uh, I name? do know that Long Bay Jail. Yeah, I read his read a biography. Uh but uh, he I, I it's in uh little bit, little, little little bay. Uh, little little Bay or uh, fucking La Perouse or something like right there. It's like right on the border. Mm-hmm. Um, but Otis was working there. He's cleaning sort of thing. and like he's, But he's, he doesn't have any sort of interaction with the prisoners. Like there's a fence between them and they're not allowed to talk. But Otis is doing some yard work around <laughs> near the wall. And this prisoner that's doing gardening or whatever... And, like, yard work, he's just, like, he comes over to Otis when no one can see. And uh, he, he, comes, he comes over to Otis while he's cleaning. He goes, hey, man, come he goes, can, I, can I talk to you for a second? And Otis turns around and he's like, yeah, what, what do you want? to the guy goes, can you get me a can of Coke, please? He goes, I just, I would do, and look, I, I don't want to do anything with it. I just, like, I would kill, like, I would do anything for a can of Coke. Can you please? And Otis was like. That's so, I love that. Do do you you wanna wanna get, I would kill. I would do anything. Like, <laughs> and uh, Otis is like, uh, he's like, I'd do anything. And Otis is like, you want you wanna cat of Coke? And the guy's like, yeah. And, the, and Otis is like, I can't, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he just walked away.
0: <laughs> I had no idea where that story was. I was waiting for Otis to land some, like... <laughs> Really heavy line. <laughs> he's like, "You want a can of coke? Wolf? Well, go fuck yourself." And walks around sweeping <laughs> the courtyard. <But laughs> he's just like, or he's like, "Oh, you want a can of coke? <laughs> yeah, man, it's gonna cost you." But he's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry."
1: I know. I've thought about this guy so, so much. I've been like, was he going to kill somebody, or did he just want to enjoy the sweet beverage of Coca Cola? He thought he
0: was going to beat someone to death with a can of Coke?
1: Tom, this shows your naivety. You could turn a, c- a can of Coke into many razors, into <laughs> many razors, and then sell those shivs in in the in the in the, in the clink, in the clinker.
0: So uh, you know, who, who of us do you think would do better in prison? If you reckon, like between you and Tom,
1: <laughs> well, well, actually, I would take an offence to a glance that I shouldn't have, and uh, I think that you would just mind your own p's and q's. <laughs> so I think effectively you'd probably make it longer unless I got in with the Aryans or, uh, <laughs> or, or, or or whoever whoever will take me. Um, EJ, but I think do you, that think you would just mind your own p's of and q's in with
0: the Aryans.
1: <laughs> what are they going to use you for, dude? <laughs> what are they going to use? I'm gonna be like, gonna, gonna be you're like, going to be the accountant. It's going to be the short <laughs> recommendation.
0: I'm teach them how to do their taxes. <laughs> Wait, yeah, if dude. we went to prison you together... You almost get
1: thrown off a roof. <laughs>
0: if we, we went to prison together and you joined the Aryans, one of these days I'd be like, come across them in the yard be like, Hey, ask EJ what Deadly <laughs> Funny is. Ask EJ what the deadly <laughs> funny comedy competition is. See what he says.
1: I'd be like, I'll kill any motherfucker that says that <laughs> <it> around me. <laughs> I'm not that anymore. <laughs> that was behind me. I'd be like Edward Norton, and then I'd have to get you out because like once we both left prison, you've been like intoxicated with the uh the ideology, and I have to get you out, even <laughs> though I am covered in swastikas. <laughs> I'm like, Tom, stop doing their taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Awful people. (laughs) You don't have to do that anymore. You're not in there. But there's so many deductions. (laughs) He's like, but the benefits. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know
0: you can can claim these swastikas, right? Like, technically... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right uh okay um okay i've got a little uh i I feel like you should be taken over do you want to do your um go through your what you what what you wanted to go through today
0: i'll go for it all right uh so my question to you elliot today uh is have you have you ever ignored advice that in hindsight you wish you'd taken
1: Hmm. This really tri- troubled, like tricked me and uh, befuddled me when you sent it to me six minutes before we started the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, well, okay, what am I going to bring to this that's, that's, segment? That's more warning but than uh, I, I get. yeah, but I, I feel like I, I'm pretty good at taking advice when I want it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but if, if someone is giving it to me, or sometimes I probably didn't even identify it as good advice at the time. But there are obviously, based on where I am in life, so many things that I could have listened to because I've, I've been surrounded by great people and, like, successful people. But uh, I obviously haven't taken too many pages out of their, their books. You know what I mean? I,
0: I hope one day uh, you can answer this question was, I wish when Tom had told me to get the COVID vaccine, I had just listened. <laughs> back when I had both my lungs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I have a similar wish. I, I can't wait till uh, you get vaccine injury, and I, you, the only thing that uh, that can save you is the the power of tremendous comedy. <laughs> and I'm like Tom, I told you, you shouldn't have done it.
0: Yeah, you but should, like you what's shouldn't gonna have got in. But, but like it's all that's gonna happen is come like 2030, 80% of us are gonna have the same cancer, and you're gonna feel left out because you don't, you don't have the same experience as the rest of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. I, I, uh, you know what makes me want to get the vaccine more than anything? The idea that you're getting better at comedy than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's racking in these hours. I need to catch up.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be pretty good. All right, so this is, this is the piece of advice that I wish I had followed. When I was 18, I went to Amsterdam. For the, uh, for the first time. I was in Europe on my like year off between high school and uni. And uh, I... <laughs> he just tried to fit the microphone in his mouth for some reason. You guys didn't see that, but I enjoyed it.
1: I was just saying, hey, if I could.
0: <laughs> Can you? <laughs> uh, so... Get on with your story. So <laughs> I was at a hostel. So actually what happened was, I don't know, people might remember this, in 2010, a volcano went off in Iceland. And uh, it grounded all the flights everywhere across Europe. And I just happened to be in Amsterdam at that time. I was 18. I'd never tried weed before. I went to Amsterdam specifically to try it for the first time. And uh, so just ended up kind of going there, smoking a lot and staying in this hostel. This hostel was so fucking dodgy. Like um, it was essentially like an apartment which had a room that had two sets of bunk beds in it. But then in the ceiling of that room was like one of those drop down staircases and up there was three more beds and the reason that they had that was because they only had a license to have four people in their hostel so they would like lock that during the day so if anyone came to inspect it wouldn't be there um and i remember they had this big uh folder of all of their uh, airbnb receipts on their coffee table and i was flicking through it and they were like there was one receipt that was for the single room one for the deluxe suite one for the honeymoon room. And I was like, there's one room. How does this? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, because <laughs> because we got uh, grounded, like, because uh, no one could fly in or out of the country. Um, I was there for like a week with this one other guy called Joe, who, uh, one of those guys that I met, like, at the time, I just took him at face value. But in hindsight, he probably was just making shit up the entire time. And uh, we, we Joe and I ended up becoming quite close. And the big thing at the time was that uh, I, because I'd never smoked, I'd never smoked a cigarette before. So I couldn't really smoke a joint properly. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I was smoking stuff, but I wasn't getting high. And his whole, his whole mission for the rest of the time we were in Amsterdam was to get me stoned. Like that was his entire job. And uh, that wasn't where his mentorship ended because we were, um, we were chatting one afternoon and he he was like, so what are you going to do tonight? It was like a Friday night, and uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'll probably just, you know, take it pretty easy, hang out, maybe go out for a drink. He's like, what, I was like, what about you? And he's like, oh, I'll probably like smoke a whole bunch of joints, go down to the red light district, uh, and you know, go 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 see a prostitute. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you done that here? And I'm like, nah. And he's like, oh, you should come do it. And I was like, oh, nah, man. Uh, I'm not really. That's not really my thing. And he's like, oh, you sure? I'm like, yeah. I'm actually. I'm actually, I'm still a virgin and I don't really want to, uh, like, that's not, I don't really want to lose my virginity that way. It's like, dude, you should come with me to the red light district. We'll pick out a girl. I will pay for it. You'll go in, you'll have sex. It'll be over with. You'll never have to worry about it again. And then you, you, your virginity's out of the way and you don't have to, you'll otherwise you'll just build it up to be this massive thing. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm okay. That's all right. You have fun though. And Elliot... I wish I'd followed that advice more than I regret it more <laughs> than starting telling this story on this podcast to as many people as <laughs> want to listen I yeah, really wish great. I I listened to Stoner Joe.
1: Why? Why? What? What made you wish that you were taking his advice then? What happened to you in in the future?
0: Because I didn't lose my virginity for a couple of years after that, and I it just became a bigger and bigger thing the longer it didn't happen and i think now back to it like if i if i just been 18 and i just gotten out of the way like even that year when i was on exchange i remember like times when there was chances to have sex and it would be like it would just freak me out entirely sort if i just gotten out of the way i think that would have been cuz i don't i don't know do you do you look back on your I don't look back on losing my virginity as like a romantic thing or a particularly like oh that was that was the one she was the person she's a yoga instructor in uh, no. Colorado now but <laughs> I
1: was so I was so picky about it I uh, I lost my virginity when I was seventeen but I was so picky about it because um, I was like it's got to be the right one. You know what i mean i'm gonna remember this forever and i was just like this is i don't care about this person at all (laughs) i don't talk to this person and like i remember turning down like i remember i remember turning down like uh potential sex and like i remember this one time i was with my friend uh joey i was with my friend joey and uh joey Donicky. uh mentioned him on the podcast a couple times and uh he and i had these two girls that we were gonna you know hang out with for the night at my place back in high school and we like invited them over and one of them pulled out and we were like ah oh, fuck, cool like we guess this is going to be joey and i and the, the one of the girls goes no I'll, I'll come over like she goes i'll come over come hang out with you guys and we were like great so we ended up just like w- staying up watching highlights of our football our football <laughs> highlights and uh and explaining football to her and you're like both, we were all just getting drunk and.
0: You both trying to point to what you did on that given play, yeah? You know, <laughs> you're like, hundred percent." Watch to throw. Watch to throw. It's Joey's so like, well, ridiculous. Actually, you see the line that I ran. It made it really easy for Elliot to make that pass.
1: That was exactly what the whole night consisted of. But she was like, she was down with it. She was, she was, she was like, she was uh, enjoying the conversation." And then eventually, it got to like, "Okay, bedtime and stuff." And we were like, "You can stay in that bed, kind of thing." There was a separate bed there and stuff. And she's like, "No, I'll sleep in the bed with you guys." And uh, and then it became like. It was sort of like this conversation. Like she, she, we had this conversation before we got in bed, and then I remember my friend Joey said, uh, "He goes. He said to me, Elliot, Eesum, Eesum three. <laughs> he goes three, and she goes, and she goes threesome. And then uh, and then he's like, How did and Joey goes." The code? I know, it's like girls invented that. And it's like, uh, but then uh, Joey was like, no, 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 uh, Eason is a guy on our team. Eason's a guy on our team that actually plays. And she knew that he was lying, but she was like, oh, okay, Eason. Yeah, yeah, cool, Eason. And she was just like, yeah, down with the Eason kind of thing. And so we were in bed and uh, Joey starts like making out with her and stuff like that. and, And then... He's on one side, I'm on one side And then eventually We just both fucking uh, we're, we're like, who's gonna go first? Who's gonna make the first move kind of thing We don't know how to start a threesome <laughs> Also wait, we're both wait, virgins
0: wait, So, so Joe, Joey's making out with this girl in a bed with you And you're like, so who's gonna make the first move? Who's gonna be the one Who's gonna turn this up a notch?
1: That's so funny <laughs> That's what I was thinking before he started making out with her So he started making out with her And then she turned to me and I remember thinking like i don't want to lose my virginity to this girl i was i, I also don't want to lose my virginity in a threesome with joey <laughs> uh and i was like there's no way that this can go down and in my head i was like there's no way that i'm gonna be able to pull out of this kind of thing so i just was like hey guys i'm uh, i'm tired <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> and uh and joey joey goes uh, uh yeah joey joey kind of didn't really say anything like they just kind of kind of like just s- between those two i'm humiliated kind of thing i'm like this this sucks and then I wake up in the morning, I go, Joey, what happened? He goes, I fell asleep. <laughs> so I fell asleep, I fell asleep on one side. And I was like, wait a minute, you fell asleep? He goes, uh, yeah. And he goes, So nothing happened? He goes, no. And he goes, so she was just like lying awake in between the two guys that had set up, were like proposed a threesome. She was down with it. And then we both just went to bed. And I was like, we're both just fucked. We're both just a couple of uh, regular killers, aren't we? We're just uh, out there just slaying the game. (laughs) I was so disappointed in myself. We might have to cut that story from the podcast because my girlfriend might not talk to me again. (laughs) This podcast is not brought to you by the tremendous glitter you're shitter. Tired of your significant other's boring old anus? Sounds like you need the Tremendous Glitter Your Shitter Anal Bedazzling. At the Tremendous Glitter Your Shitter Anal Bedazzling, we offer a full anal reconstruction, basic bleaching, and of course our number one most requested and denied anal bedazzling. Over a four hour process, we hot glue gun tiny plastic gems to your sweet little shit shoot. Well doctor, isn't glue toxic to humans? Nonsense. We actually use a gluten based paste that is completely harmless. Oh, okay. Uh, well, doctor, wouldn't the gems just rub and scrape your anus as you walk? The tremendous glitter, your shitter, anal but dazzling. Honey, I am not saying that your meat hole doesn't light up this room like a disco ball at a Bee Gees concert, but, but I, I don't think that this is going to be nice for either of us. Uh, back? No, actually, you know what? I want to do a better one because <clears throat> I did back Jackson last week. I'm keeping that. So in. I'm
0: keeping all of this back. in. <laughs> no, wait, wait. This, this is all staying mm. in.
1: You can do it again, but we're already um, back. No, we're not back. Um, I'm keeping
0: the. I, you don't get to edit it. I, I upload. This is this is all <laughs> in the podcast now.
1: And we are back, Salamander. <laughs> uh so <laughs> it's Tommy. Um, you didn't say yes. We are.
0: <laughs> we're already back, we've, we've discussed we've been back for a good 45 seconds now
1: uh, man, go fuck yourself <laughs> um, so the the, uh, <laughs> the the thing I want to mention here is uh, in, in researching for uh, in researching for some of this EJ Obscure and also my own sort of um, my own sort of interest, I decided uh, it, it's going to be one of the focuses of the next investigations, uh, it's sort of known widely if you'd like to do your own little investigation as the MENA train deaths the train deaths uh in mina arkansas and uh I, I knew a bunch about it and there's one specific detective named russell welch that worked on the case uh back in the 90s and i wanted to talk to mr russell welch uh about his experiences while um bill clinton was the uh, governor of his state and so i called up the mina arkansas police station uh, i waited till about midnight uh, or uh, about 11.30 sort of thing. And I called up the Mina, Arkansas Police Station, and I asked to speak with sort of one of the oldest uh, police there, and they said that they had a, a chief there named Tommy Stewart, and he'd been there for 50 years, and if anyone's going to remember, it was going to be Mr. Stewart. And so he, they said, call up on Monday, and, I will, uh, and, uh, and uh, you can talk to him. So I called up on the Monday, and I said, uh, Chief, this is going to be a little bit weird. I'm calling for Sydney, Australia. Um, and I was just curious whether or not you are familiar with the train deaths and he didn't really know what I was talking about. And he goes, uh, what about like Russell Welch? And he goes, Oh yeah, Russell and he goes, uh yeah, he passed away last year. And I was like, fuck. So I was disappointed because this guy Russell Welch did some really good work in the case and I was very he actually got uh attacked with it was blurted out at the pl- at the hospital, but never really confirmed, military-grade anthrax. So he was attacked with anthrax, and uh, but he worked, in, in his own words, on many rape cases, many uh, burglar cases, many murder cases, and there are plenty of people that probably wanted to attack him. And he actually lived the last few years of his sort of life just regretting that he didn't spend more time with his children and shit like that. And I was like, it left me with this thing, like, do I really want to hassle these people? Like, these people are <laughs> like, you know, they... They they've they've gone through like I I they they probably don't want to speak to me like a fucking nobody not even a fucking uh, a, a journalist or something like that um and they've probably been hassled by nut jobs um you know probably all, you, and and conspiracy theorists and stuff like that so I was like you know whatever but I did end up finding an author named Mister uh, Henry Moline, and he wrote uh, a book uh, on. The story that I on Johnny Gotch, he wrote a story on. Oh no, I lie on the Franklin scandal I mentioned in the Johnny Gotch It's going to be uh, focused on later. But I, I spoke to this author and we're going to be doing an interview uh, next Saturday. So he lives in Mena, Arkansas, and he's uh, he's going to be talking to me about um, about the uh, Franklin scandal, and uh, and I'm going to see what I can do. If so, if anybody has like some journalistic advice for me. Uh, give, give it to me before Saturday, because I, I I really don't want to make this guy feel like I wasted all of his time.
0: So so wait, okay. So it, the, what's what? Oh, this is gonna take way too much time. Are the Franklin scandal and the Johnny Gosh thing the same thing? Or ro- nope, r- but they're connected. They're connected. Uh, they're all they're connected. It's all connected. By,
1: uh, it's all connected. There there are there kind are of like I mean a lot of um. It is funny how small like Southern uh, uh government officials all sort of linked together before they became very sort of successful or whether before they became presidents and how they brushed elbows and stuff like that when they were governors and sort of less in the public eye. Um, But uh, yeah, we're going to be getting into that. And if you're finding it interesting, great. If not skip through it, (laughs) but I'll I'll try Uh, and make it more condensed.
0: So this is the same guy uh, that you, (coughs) you, you told me about this guy that he had, that you wanted to, um, you wanted to talk to him on the podcast about. So are you going to, Interview him on the podcast. You're just gonna interview him and record it, and then maybe we'll we'll discuss it on the podcast or what?
1: I'm gonna ask him if I can record it, and I'm sure he'll be fine with that. But uh, but yeah, he also he has a book that only came out, and that's how I ended up reaching out to him. I said like, where can I find a physical copy of your book? I can't find it anywhere because uh, I, c- I couldn't find it anywhere. So I found him on Facebook, and I said, uh, can I find you know a physical copy for the book? And he goes, it never came out in physical copy; it was only an ebook. And I was like, oh, sorry to hear that. I'll purchase it. Would you be interested in doing an interview? And he said yes. Uh, So I I purchased his book, and I'm about one-third of the way through it. And so I just needed some more time. I was supposed to do it this Saturday, but uh, I have pushed. And, um, yeah, we're going to try and see if we can bring you some sweet Henry Moline material.
0: Make sure you you talk into the microphone. You're a bit faint.
1: Sorry, 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 sorry. It wasn't too bad. It should be (coughs) fine, but,
0: yeah, it's just, yeah, notice. Henry Moline, how do you spell it?
1: M-O-L-I-N-E. And so he wrote a book. It was actually, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because he wrote a book called uh, Their Screams Were Silenced about the Franklin scandal and the, 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 uh, and, and, and the people involved, the children and the government official is involved. And then the, some of the other things on his uh, portfolio are uh, cooking books. <laughs> he, could, he fucking writes cooking books and uh, one conspiracy book.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So I've just Googled Henry Moline. Have you Googled Henry Moline and seen this Twitter page?
1: Uh, I haven't seen his Twitter page.
0: So someone's made a, a, like a fake Twitter page and uh, the bio reads, Henry Moline is a pathological liar and scammer. And some of his tweets include, <laughs> Henry Moline is a big, fat, pathological and compulsive liar. Don't ever believe a word he says. Uh, did Henry Moline <laughs> tell you he was going to buy you a hummer? That's one of his most infamous lies. <laughs> 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 laughing out loud because Henry Moline actually thinks he's a professional chef.
1: <laughs> this guy has made
0: some powerful enemies online.
1: It's all uh it's all in a in a day's work of a conspiracy theorist. Um and so uh, we're gonna be talking to Miss Malin and, and you guys can judge for yourselves. Uh, hopefully he can he'll let me uh interview it and we can bring it on to the tremendous podcast. I'm gonna be completely forthcoming with the, you know what I'm doing and what my intentions are. It's just to you know, to get into the EG obscure. But uh, we'll see if he wants to be involved. Um,
0: Chef Hank, I have been cooking for baking for well over thirty years. I'm a self-prepared, ba- self-proclaimed baking expert. He's really given up on the Franklin case in uh, in favor of uh, nailing the cheesecake. It seems.
1: I think that the pe- I think that the criticisms from. Uh from, his, um, from the people that don't like his work, are probably a lot less sharp and like harsh. You know what I mean? Because they don't involve uh, child sex rings. <laughs> it's like, you don't know anything about quiches, you idiot. <laughs> He's like, I can handle this. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so uh, this is going to be... That was just a quick little introduction. We're going to be working on it, but this is... The second instalment of the, and we're going to be bringing back Johnny Gosh. Just to let you know, we're going to be bringing back Johnny Gosh in a part by part segment sort of thing. But this is just a little touch. The second instalment of the EJ Obscure and uh, Tom. I just have a quick question for you. Um, during uh, during the 1600s, the most popular book. Uh, uh, oh no, you know what? I should correct myself. The 15th century the 14th uh, and the 1400s, uh, What the most popular book was the same uh, most popular book as uh, what is sold today. Can you tell me what the most popular book today um, I- I- is? Is it the Guinness the Book most of
0: World Records?
1: No, but that's not a bad <laughs> guess. <laughs> is it's it a, it's the Bible? The b- <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tom, we're going to be talking... Um about the second most popular book for two hundred years beginning from the fifteenth century. This is the EJ Obscure, quick burn the documents, <laughs> turn the best to innocuous <laughs> They record the topic, yes. Yeah. Stopping this. You're tuning in better hear what I said. I said blam. Thank you, Mr. Otis James, and thank you, uh, Soul Boy, for that track. But Otis, uh, Mr. Uh, Tom Wickham, the guy that I'm here with right now. <laughs> uh, so the second most popular book for over 200 years uh, from its from its first publication was a book called Malleus Maleficarum, oh, which translates to... It's like the, the, it's like the
0: witchcraft it. kind of book, right?
1: Yes, it's, it translates to The Hammer of the Witches. And uh, it was released in the 15th century by a man named Heinrich Kramer, who was a German uh, priest. He was a, uh, a Catholic priest. And um, he, would, he was like... A fanatic about catching witches and and getting like like at the time there was this huge push from like people in the in the community and skepticism and like uh, sort of um uh, a lot of I guess like the early conspiracy theorists people being like uh <laughs> your people, th- th- your these ancestors my <laughs> yeah 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 my people were like uh th- uh there are the, these witches are changing the weather they're uh, responsible for uh infanticide it has nothing to do with our diets and the <laughs> way that we live uh it just is, it, has, it has everything to do with these bitches and so he actually put together this massive like witch hunt that uh that got suspended by the local bishop in 1485 and all the women that got arrested got set free and uh this in his eyes was the final story. he was like that's it i'm putting together a book uh i'm publishing a book about the effective identification, hunting, and punishing of witches. And uh, in the 15th century, like people were just all about that because they were like uh, they, they, they were lumping in uh, witchcraft with her- heresy. So people like that were going against the church and talking uh, shit about God, they were like, you're a witch. And they were like, oh, no, I think that he's... And so there was no way to sort of really determine or differentiate between heresy or witchcraft. And this book became the uh defining text on that on how to define the difference between what you were looking at and uh yeah so it was just sort of like it it also answered a lot of like sort of questions to people's uh, stress about witches at the time they were like oh so my neighbor's not a witch she's just a bitch but also like there was like uh (laughs) (laughs) there was like the effective hunting of them being like you are probably living next to a witch if they're doing this and this is uh how you should uh, rally together and get rid of them out of your uh, community.
0: It it sounds like accusing someone of being a witch is kind of like the 16th uh, century equivalent of accusing somebody of uh, being, like, like cancelling somebody. Like, it's just a really easy way (laughs) to be like... (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say Alright, uh, i got to show my work as well <laughs> The I'm original gonna say Accusing yeah. someone of committing sexual assault But then what I'm saying in that analogy Is that uh, people who commit sexual assault Don't exist, which I don't agree with I think they do, most
1: likely <laughs> 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 uh, no, I mean. it's, like,
0: it's such an easy way to throw someone under the bus And it's like, well, prove me wrong Prove I think she's a witch <laughs> I think we should do something about it there's zero stakes but, in being wrong in that situation.
1: <laughs> well, that was the thing. After you killed them, they were like, "Well, I mean, I guess if she was a witch, she would have done something about it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you miss 100
0: percent of witches, you don't kill. You know that's what.
1: Is <laughs> <at>. <laughs> and that uh, <laughs> that sort of that, that's going to conclude the second instalment of the EJ. <sighs>
0: Quick, burn the documents, turn the ghosts into innocuous. They ain't the shit that's obvious. Yeah. 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 Ain't stopping this back mm-hmm. If if we play the full mm-hmm. EJ Obscure theme song every time, it's gonna be longer than the segment, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <But that's, laughs> I, I, really I gotta do it justice, it's the shit.
0: I thought there was gonna be more to that story than just this book exists. I thought something was gonna happen no. in the book. I thought something was gonna come of it. I thought it, you might have tied it back to the train. Thing you mentioned before, which I didn't follow.
1: <laughs> no, coming. no, no. Not at all, dude. This is just a touch on the obscure in the world. Uh, it's going to be sometimes a little expose, and sometimes it's going to be just a little uh, soiree. Uh, so <laughs> then, this like we did today. Um, and uh, if you guys are more interested, check out The Malleus Maleficarum. I actually want to buy that book. I'm going to buy that book.
0: Uh Man, we've got to get back to doing this podcast in the same room. This just doesn't this doesn't doesn't cut it.
1: Oh, I can't wait. It's it's <laughs> it, it it doesn't I feel yeah. <laughs> We're going to blow up when we get back together, dude. Oh, it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be enormous. <laughs> the missing ingredient was just presence. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Uh what's um we we going to wrap this up. You got you got a joke of the week for us?
1: Yeah, we sure do. Uh, obviously, I look. I don't do it every week, even though I should. Uh, firstly, <laughs> um, I'm just going to quickly. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to quickly do something that I uh, should be doing every week at the beginning of the podcast. But sometimes I forget, and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. And so what I'm going to do is to let you know what I'm drinking. Uh, it's the Flensburger Pilsner, currently being featured at Aldi. Um, a friend of mine told me that he thinks that Aldi actually features a lot of different brands that maybe go on to being uh, more more expensive and they sort of just get like an idea of the market value of them at Aldi. And so uh, when you see uh, something that's um, maybe too a little, a little bit too expensive or it looks like it's uh, too cheap in terms of the alcohol uh, market, pick it up, check it out. Because in six months, it may be three times the value. Uh, I like how
0: <laughs> it's got the little like uh, pop top thing. You know, yes. The, that's very cool.
1: Very German of them. Um, mm. But uh, th- I'm drinking a uh, a, Flensler, a Flensburger Pilsner. Uh, Tommy, what are you drinking, buddy?
0: I'm drinking a Colonial Pale Ale, which really... Do you remember when these yes, used sir. to have, like, you'd rip the top off like it was a, mm-hmm. a, a t- tin can? And they had yeah. to stop doing that, which really annoyed me, because I really liked that.
1: Do you remember the reason why?
0: Was it because people were cutting their lips or some stupid shit?
1: No, no. It was because it creates two pieces of trash. And so they're like, you can't, uh, it it just, it's, yeah, it's one, one product creating two pieces of trash. They're like, no, no, no. What was this? The 1940s.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I reckon, I reckon fixing that will probably solve the problem. Don't you reckon? Like I think now the colonial parallel has the same cans as everyone else. We can all stop worrying about the environment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we can uh, we can just use our tuna cans with ease. <laughs> Two pieces of trash. Uh, quick quick shout outs. I was want a quick shout out to uh, Casey Coleman, Jordan Sorde, Louie Angel, Babyface Ray, Mrs. N- uh, Sonita, and Mister Nick, uh, and uh, and all of um, we're going to give a shout out to all of Laura's team that w- uh, listens to this um, podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the tremendous podcast, Tom. It's the joke of the week time.
0: Go for it. I'm ready when you are.
1: Okay, good. I love your enthusiasm. Um, (laughs) Tell the fucking joke. (laughs) Okay. uh, Two American Jewish men send their sons to Jerusalem to learn about their culture. A year later, the two are are having a chat. Uh, I'm so disappointed in my son. I don't know what to do. Once he returned, he claimed to have become a Christian. My son as well. This is a tragedy. Uh, we should go to our rabbi. Maybe he can guide us. And the two men uh, the two men visit the rabbi and tell him their stories, uh, to which he replies, unfortunately, I'm in the same, bait, uh, the same boat as you two. Uh, I sent my son to uh, Jerusalem a few years ago and he also became a Christian. Only God can help us now. We should pray to him. So they start praying and uh they they say please uh, help us god we sent our sons to jerusalem so they could learn about our culture but instead they've returned as christians and god thinks for a while and says uh guys you won't believe this but uh 2000 years ago i i too sent my son to jerusalem
0: <laughs> very good <laughs> tremendous <laughs> podcast everybody tremendous uh...